Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. We've been kind of asked and we'd love to talk about relational stuff, marriage stuff, things that kind of get swept under, under the, the rug. rug. And it's one of the easiest things to do in marriage. Yes. But now that we're in lockdown and kind of quarantined and isolation and almost on uh, house arrest at home, you will find no doubt that a lot of the stuff you've swept under the rug, you're now tripping over and is becoming very, very aware that you have a lumpy rug. Right. And those lumpy rugs cannot be ignored. They become a tripping hazard. And we see that happening so much in marriages, Mm. uh, especially lately with everything that's going on. And so we want to just give you some keys to dealing with all those things, those issues that are under the rug. Yeah, 100%. So let me just, you know, we always want to start... Uh, with the Word of God. And so in 1 yeah. Corinthians chapter 13, it, it's all known by everybody around the world as the love chapter. Yeah. It's read at weddings all over the world. And it's love is patient, love is kind, love doesn't envy, doesn't parade itself, doesn't boast. But, you know, love endures, love believes all things, hopes all things, love always overcomes, love keeps no record of wrongs. It's just a beautiful yes. passage. I want to encourage you to go and read it. But you'll also find that God is love. God is love. So no matter where you're sitting right now, no matter what you're experiencing right now, the world was always created to reflect God's love. And the way that that happens is when you let His love flow through your life. Leanne and I have been married this August. It'll be 28 years. Now, it's been 28 years of bliss for me. She's had to do a whole lot of heavy lifting, but I've got to tell you her testimony is she's allowed the love of God to overcome all the Jack Wagon-esque qualities that I brought to this marriage. And it's true in the reverse, my friends. I would love to say that's completely true, but I came with my own baggage. And I think that's important first and foremost to really establish. Nobody comes to a marriage relationship baggage free. We Mm. all bring in our baggage from our childhood, our family of origin, our bents, our issues, the wounds we've had in our heart. And that's, you know, I just want to tell you today, that's what's so beautiful about God. He doesn't run from our mess. In fact, He sent the Holy Spirit, our helper, to assist us in getting untangled so we could live that life and life in abundance that Jesus talks about in John chapter 10. And it's so true. You know, so I tell everybody that that marriage is a lot like flying Air New Zealand. When you turn up at that kiosk, they know you're coming. You're in the manifest. But the first question they ask is, How many bags, bro? How many bags are you bringing? So every marriage, listen, you brought baggage in and she brought baggage in. And this is where most marriages fall down is I'm blaming you for your baggage and you're blaming me for my baggage. And then we have baggage wars. No, no, no. When you made a, a commitment, you made more than that. You made a covenant and here's the deal. Whatever baggage and some of it I hid from Leanne. She didn't even know that was in my past. She had no. And then marriage is actually us agreeing and me being vulnerable and her being vulnerable to say, hey, I did bring this into the marriage and I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed. How can we work through this together? And I think that that's what true love is. I think it is. And I think you make an important point there just in that humility mm. and that transparency. So, so we know that God resists the proud, but He mm. gives grace to the humble. Yes. And so many of us, as we're dealing with these issues, issues and this baggage, we need, to, we need to be recipients of the grace of God. We mm. need the grace of God. And the Bible is clear that only comes through a humble heart, through humility. Mm. So really the first step is getting honest. You can't be delivered from anything that you perceive 
is normal. Yes. So allowing, and in these occasions, wouldn't you say, Jürgen, mm-hmm. we actually need a third party yeah. or someone to yeah. amen yeah. what our spouse may be saying about yeah. us yeah. that we can't see yeah. because it's been our normal our whole life yeah. or it's a blind spot. And we've been through that in our yeah. marriage relationships on both sides, not yeah. just you, yeah. not just me, each of us, we've had to bring in outside counsel. Now, you don't just bring in any counsel. I would strongly advise you to make sure the counsel you're getting is faith-based, godly counsel, not only faith-based and godly counsel, but also someone who has fruit, who has some runs on the board. Don't be getting counsel from somebody who's eight divorces deep and is dysfunctional. Look for godly fruit and look for a person of faith and, and pull them in to everything that you're wanting to to uh, deal with, all those things that are an entanglement. Yeah. So, you know, even on that, like Jesus said, beware of false prophets, beware of false teachers. He didn't say you'll know them by their prophecies or by their teachings. He says you'll know them by their fruit. So that's brilliant. So a lot of people make very, very poor choices. They'll they'll pay a counsel because he's got therapists written on the door yeah. without actually investigating the fruit. Whoever you're sitting to, have a look at their marriage first. If they're broke, don't go to financial advice for them. Yes. If their marriage is a mess, don't go to marriage advice. If their families, don't go to them for family advice. Look at the fruit. And so look we did that a number fruit. of years ago. I went and sought out a counselor that we were sending you know, all of our church people to. And Leanne and I had a really, really good marriage, but there was always that question. I wonder if maybe this is it. Is this as good as it gets? We were kind of agreeing to disagree more than we were agreeing on there the same page. There were some page. issues. Under our rug, yeah. And so I went to to a counsellor thinking that, you know, I would, once I told the counsellor, you know, my my violin story, that she would side with me, only to find that after the second visit, she said, next week I want you to bring Leanne. And uh, and then I realised that that I was the exacerbator and uh, and even the, the, the motivation behind a lot of the contention in our marriage. You know, uh, G.K. Chesterton said this. He said that something must be loved. Something must be loved before it can become lovable. Mm-hmm. And if I was honest with you, baby, when I walked out of that, that counselling moment, I realised that I was expecting you to be lovable so I could love. Yeah. And I realised I had failed in so many areas where I had just these unwritten, unwritten requirements and expectations and and all these things that I will love you if A, B, C, D, E. And then I realized, no, no, G.K. Chesterton was right. It's only when something is love that it becomes lovable. And I really felt God challenge me, love her completely, love her unconditionally. Whatever you love will always increase in value. And you bring up another key point, I think, in dealing with these issues under the rug. Communicate. Mm. Be honest about how you're feeling. Do it in such a way that you're not attacking though. I think honesty, that's just a truth bomb, can do more harm than good. Jesus gives us the perfect model. He says, it's mercy and truth that work together. In mercy and truth, atonement is made for iniquity. Mm. Mm. So not just bringing truth, Mm. but bringing my honest feelings. This is how that makes me feel. And I would really like it if you did this. Because a lot of our arguments were over issues that were never vocalised. Yeah. Expectations that you had in your head Mm -hmm. that I would be more like your mother in this way or more like that person in this way. Mm -hmm. And it became a wedge. And then what was happening was there was some resentment seething on the inside of you. And it wasn't until we got godly counsel that that she was able to say, do you Mm -hmm. realise that this is a pattern you've been following of resentment? Yes. Have you actually ever communicated this to your wife? 
And the and answer unmet was Unmet no. expectations always lead to resentment. Unmet yeah. or non-communicated, as Pastor Leanne said. Non-communicated. Saying, non-communicated expectations that are unmet will lead to resentment. And yes. resentment is a rot. It is a termite in the wood. It is a cancer. It will rot your marriage. And so can I, I love can that I, you Yeah, can I jump in and just yeah. say something yeah. to the men? And I'm not picking on the men. Pick on the men. But this is, this is worth saying. Mm. Women are usually much more vocal about their desires and expectations than men are. Yeah. And I think there is something that the men can learn from the ladies in this yeah. area. Don't expect us to read your mind. We cannot read your mind. If you want more lovemaking, you're going to have to communicate that. Passive, aggressive behaviour does nothing but cause arguments. So slamming doors doesn't? Slamming Gosh. doors. Clucking my tongue. Clucking your tongue. Throwing rolling stuff. Rolling your eyes. Sighing. Stuff. What about sighing? Sighing. sighing. No, not <sighs> even sighing. The what? silent treatment. Silent treatment doesn't work either. The silent, let me talk about the silent treatment Uh-oh. for a second because I feel like some of us are not fighting fair in our marriages. We're using these passive aggressive And she's saying this hypothetically. I've of never. Warfare. He's actually amazing. That's no, okay. I did used to use it on the Well, ashamed. he used to. That's the key <laughs> word, used to. And every one of us has an opportunity to change. But I will say this. Um, don't use those tools of manipulation in your marriage. Don't use sex as a weapon. Don't use cutting off affection as a weapon. Don't use mm. cutting off your voice. That's, that's mm. torturous, mm. especially for a woman mm. to not be able to read. And I'm sure too for a man. Yeah. I, I can only speak as a woman yeah. today. But, but to, to, not, to feel like you're being ignored in your own yeah. home because mm. of an issue that ha- has either never been communicated or, mm. or has not been resolved, it's torture. Yes. And it will erode a marriage from the inside out. Yes. So we've got to be better. We've got mm. to be more mature. Yeah. What did Paul mm. say? When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I reasoned like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became a grown-up, yeah, I put off childish things. Ouch. Maybe ask yourself this question. What childish things and patterns and conflict resolution have I bought in from my childhood that are not serving or building my marriage, but are instead bringing it down, like insults and name-calling, like the silent treatment, like taking my bat and my ball and going home and I'm going to pout in the corner. Those things have no place in a godly marriage and they will certainly trip you up if you don't take the time to present them honestly to the Lord, have Him shine His light on them and deal with them. Yeah. And, you know, when the Bible says that love keeps no record of wrongs, I found myself behaving exactly as um, Leanne was just saying there, behaving as a child because I felt that affection affection was uh, withheld from me, that love was withheld from me. Well, then I'm going to withhold to you. That is so childish. That is so infantile. That is so immature. And unfortunately, two wrongs never make a right. So yeah. if you're behaving like that, somebody has to go first. And I'm ashamed to say that that Leanne, who is younger than me by seven years, was often the, the first person to be the peacemaker, was often the first person to come and apologize, even when I knew I was the butthead and, uh, and she was more right than I. Let me just say something that you just spoke yeah. about before. There's a lot of people say, well, I'm just telling you the truth. I'm just telling you the truth. Now, listen, you need to understand that before truth liberates, it penetrates. That's right. And even God, God deals with mercy and truth. The Bible says mercy and truth go before Him. Jesus came, the Bible says in John, that, that the law came from Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus yes. Christ. Yes, yes. And so if you think you are doing your spouse a favor, well, I'm just telling you the truth, then you are actually deceived. That's right. You need to understand that there is nothing more delicate than the heart of your spouse. 
And you may see the truth is that they're in error. The truth is that there's something broken. The truth is that there's dysfunction. And what you and I need to understand, this took me many, many years to understand, is that I had to become an alchemist, Mm. an alchemist, one who mixes potions. And I had to learn right now with Leanne, I may need to use 90% mercy and 10% truth. I need to try that. I need to let her know right now, because if you come at someone 100% on the attack with defense, all they're going to do is put their their defense up, you coming at them off it, and they're going to just sling back. And the next minute, it's a a war and name-calling. As soon as there's name-calling, you've lost. You are out. It's it's over. So we we have rules for for arguing. There is no name-calling. There's also no um, just, well, you always. Uh Uh-oh. We can't and say that's, that. That's a big thing. And I and that was a real battle for me. I would reach back into the past and pull out a past discretion that he'd already apologized for, already paid penance for, and I would drag it into our future. And I, I felt the Lord give me a revelation one day on that very thing because I found myself rehearsing constantly mm-hmm. the the shortcomings from the past in my marriage, the things my husband did or he said, or moments of neglect, or moments where he seemed mm-hmm indifferent or uncaring. Mm. And I would bring them into a new argument. And I felt the Lord say to me one day, Leanne, every time you do that, it's like you dig up a dead corpse from the past and you drag it into your future. Mm. And then you wonder why your life and your marriage stinks. (laughs) And He said to me, you are responsible for the stench. You are ruining a really great today with a bad memory from yesterday and wow. you have to stop it. Yeah. So I had to I had to eat some humble pie. I had to apologize to my husband for what I'd done. And I think it's actually important too, just for our friends that are watching, if you could explain to them how a man feels and a woman feels when they feel like they're a prisoner to the past. Yeah. Where their past, well, I remember the day when mm. you weren't there for me when I was having the baby or you dropped the ball financially mm. or the electricity mm. got cut off because you were, you know, deadbeat and you didn't earn a living or whatever it may be. And some of those issues are valid if they're still reoccurring. Yeah. But for a person who has changed and put in hard work and you're seeing forward mm. momentum, to have the past dragged in like that and kind of waved in front of their face, how does it make them feel? Yeah, I, I, I remember I, I would just feel so hopeless, so overwhelmed because, you know, I yeah. know that I dropped the ball there and I know I made a mistake there and I know I blew it there. And I felt like that this was a, a prison sentence that I could never I could never make up, no matter how many rights a I did. criminal for life. You know, yeah, and that's exactly like it is. It's like you committed a felon and now you've got... Whenever you, your name comes up in the database, it has guilty of, you know, convicted of, sentenced to, up. And so you need to understand that, that uh, forgiveness is an act of love. That's why the Bible says love keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah. Forgiveness is an act of love. But watch this. Forgetting, forgetfulness, choosing to forget is an act of grace. So while forgiving, and there is no marriage where you will not have opportunity to forgive, Jesus hanging on a cross, Romans gambling for his clothes. Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They weren't asking nor deserving. But Jesus came to bring forgiveness. Forgiveness is, you cannot have a marriage without forgiveness. That's and right. Forgiveness is the muscle of God. In fact, I can, I can tell a Christian's maturity by what they can no longer forgive. Well, I'm not forgiving them. I'm not forgiving. 
And so you will know, not, not by the size of their Bible, That's not right. by the size of their theology degrees Come or their doctrine. Yep. It's by the size of their ability to forgive. To forgive. But what we found in, in, in our marriage was that, that, that God asked us to forgive one another in love. That's what the Bible teaches. Yes. But then we had to go one step further that actually forgetting, choosing not to. Now, the Bible says that God takes all of our sin and iniquity and he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. So he casts it into a sea of forgetfulness. So we say, see, God, Psalm 103, forgives our sins and he remembers them no more because he's cast them there. But you know, God is God. If he wanted to, he knows the location that he threw my sins in. He could go to the sea of forgetfulness. He is so brilliant. He could throw in his hook and he could dig up all of my, but he chooses not to. He chooses not to. And if you want a great marriage, then you need to understand that forgiveness is an act of love, but forgetting is an act of grace. Now, we need to qualify that because as pastors, we've counseled people who have misapplied that saying, oh, okay, my husband who is a raging alcoholic who uh, basically is guilty of domestic violence and physical abuse, oh, I should forgive him and go back because he's sorry today. Right. No, no, no. Worthy of repentance, the Bible tells us show fruits worthy of repentance. So in this case, we need to be really careful and actually take just these few seconds to, to really clarify what we're saying here. You should be able to see fruits worthy of repentance. I wish we could trust people at their word, but words are not enough. We need to see fruit and actions that say, I have taken what you have said seriously because I love you. Which is James. I care about you. Yep, faith without works is dead. You've got to apply it. And, yes. and, Lee, and listen, I want you to know, that uh, I would push back on Leanne because she would bring up things from the past. Well, you know, you're just like this 22 years ago, 24 years ago. We had a situation with an, a magnificent Kiwi, Pastor Mike Connell, yeah. who really has been uh, a, a magnificent pastor, pastor yeah. and therapist for us that we've gone to. There was a situation in our marriage, if I was honest with you, it was a blind spot. I could not see it. And I would f- cross the line with Leanne and I knew I crossed the line I would censure, censure her in public, dishonor her, and I, and, but I, I couldn't see it. And so we would get into the car and Leanne would say, you just did it again. And I could see tears and I don't want to break my little girl's heart. I don't want to break my princess's heart. And yet I feel that I crossed the line. I violated again. I was so frustrated because I couldn't see it. And she would drag up. You did it here and on this date and on this time. And it was so overwhelming. And so I would argue with her correctly saying, stop bringing up the past. Stop bringing up the past. You're not just hysterical. You've become historical. But, but what Leanne was exasperated about was, well, it was a pattern. W- w- what do I do? I have yeah. to reference these things because you ain't changing. Mm-hmm. And so if you want me mm-hmm. to come in and guard down and be loving and kind, you actually have to recognize to and acknowledge this. it. So if someone's uh, violent or abusive, you don't go back until they acknowledge that and then they get help and they begin yes. to bear fruits worthy of repentance and give you the permission that if it repeats, that absolutely, again, you can move out, take the kids until such time as breakthrough. And so I remember we went to, to, to Mike, Mike Connell and... I sat with Mike Connell and I said, Pastor Mike, this is what Leanne has identified. I cannot see it. All of us have blind spots. Yes. And so Mike Connell said, well, let's just pray and seek the Holy Ghost. He dug down into a vein. He says, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit showed me this, that because you were conceived outside of wedlock, 
there was a shame that came and that shame was a dishonouring not just of your mother but of your, your mother's parents. parents. And so because of that, it's been there and it's like a blind spot because it happened in conception. You didn't ask for it. So he prayed for me and it was a pretty powerful moment. Mm. And, uh, uh, and ever since then, have you noticed a change? Yeah, I mean, massive change. And that's why we want to really harbour on just being transparent and honest, obviously with the right person about your stuff, mm. because oftentimes you can't see it and you need an unbiased third party. Yes, to come in and show you what you mm. cannot see for yourself. Mm. It says in the Bible in Pro- Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall. We need counsel to stay upright in our marriages. We mm. can't, it just can't be a secret thing between the two of us. Because yeah. we all have blind spots. We need a third party. And we need an advocate yes. at times. Yeah. And I think many times, especially in church, we do a lot to project an image of perfection while things are eroding on the home front. Mm. And you've got to understand today, God is more concerned with the Mm. reality of who Mm. you are Mm. and wanting to bring healing to your struggle than Mm. He is the image Mm. that you project Mm. to the world that everything Mm. is a-okay. We've got to get really good at being honest, Mm. but then our honesty leading to allowing ourselves with the Lord's help and the help of good counsellors to deal with those issues. It's not just reveal, it's also deal. And then we can heal. If you reveal... And you don't deal, you can't heal. Wow. You gotta wow. deal with your stuff. It's yes. not just enough to be transparent. It's not mm. just to confess mm. your mm. sins. You mm. actually need to deal with them. Yes. And that means a measure of humility. Yes. That means picking up the phone and calling mm. that cell group leader, that pastor, uh, talking to that good, solid, fruitful Christian friend and getting the help you need mm. to bring your marriage back mm. into a healthy place. And, and that's really the gospel, Leanne, yeah. is that... Um, Jesus, the Bible says, was bruised for our our iniquities, was beaten for our transgressions. You know, the chastisement for our peace was placed upon Him. So Jesus was crucified. He was nailed to a cross and crucified to repair a a conflict, a breakdown in a relationship. And what I found is because I love Leanne and because I want that to work, I had to understand that there had to be a moment where somebody had to take responsibility for the transgressions and what was going on. And so so it was humbling mm. to, for me to say, hey, listen, to a third party, in this case, Pastor Mike Connell, this is what Leanne says, what do you see? And I wanted to defend myself and lay blame. Well, I wouldn't be like that if she, A, B, and C, but I had to let, and it was humbling. But as he pointed it out, it was amazing because of Jesus's taking the full brunt, we only get a, a sliver. Let me just say this, that a lot of people say, well, you know, I thought I married the perfect person. I thought she was perfect. I thought he was perfect. They may be perfect for you, but they're not perfect. In fact, God sent them into your life not to be perfect. God sent your spouse into your life to perfect you. And if you want to make a table smooth, you use rough sandpaper. And so you will find that the conflicts and the challenges that you and I are walking through are from God to perfect you to learn forgiveness, to learn grace, to learn patience. One of the greatest things, one of the biggest piece of advice I give to all my men is that if you will love your wife and learn to take a beating from her every now and again, and I mean that let her express, let her bring out her frustrations and her exasperations and don't defend yourself, take it on the chin. Listen, yeah. You will become a better man and you will have a greater marriage. 
our, our marriage is phenomenal because yeah. of that, but I wanted to lean in. Yeah, for you. absolutely. A couple of thoughts with that as well. It's important to remember that men and women usually respond very differently to these situations. Women do like to verbally process. And I think trying to get your wife be like a man is futile. You married her because she's not a man. Yep. She's a woman. And she needs to verbally process. She needs to talk it through. Mm. Men, on the other hand, like to process alone a lot mm. of the time. That's mm. why men yeah. have their man sheds. We retreat. And they'll isolate. go and build yeah. stuff. And we yeah. think, what's he doing out there building a shelf? He's doing more than building a shelf. Mm. He's working out issues with yeah. the Lord. He's mm. thinking on things. He's problem solving. And if he's a good godly man, he's letting the Lord speak to him. Yeah. Men need to find that alone time. Mm. Remember when they were created in the beginning, yeah. they were alone. Yeah. And man, Adam never said, please give me a wife. It was God who said, it's actually not good for man to be alone. He was quite content with his own happen- ha- company, apparently. And it, it was God who made the suggestion that he yeah. needed a helpmate. Yeah. So just remember, they Let like to go you. to that alone mm. place. Yeah. I think that's important. Another key too, that is worth mentioning, is to pray for one another. I think we can pray for a lot of things. We can pray for our kids. We can pray for our city, our nation, our church, or a prayer need for ourselves. Even just, you know, God, Mm. fix my marriage. Mm. Have you ever prayed for your spouse? Yeah. Specifically for that husband, that wife you Mm. went into covenant Mm. with, you Mm. stood at an altar Mm. and said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer in sickness and in health till death do us part. Mm. Do you stand and you just say, God, bless them. Yes. God, show them your great love and your mercy today. Uh, God gave me this revelation. He said, Leanne, you pray for everyone and everything except for your husband. And I was really, I'm sorry. I know you're probably hearing that for the first time. I, I was actually really convicted. And, you know, sometimes it can feel like we're in a household with the enemy, even though you're never my enemy. Sometimes that's how we can view our spouse. But it's interesting that Jesus says in the book of Matthew, pray for your enemies. Pray for those that you're having conflict with. And so I want to just really put it to you today. In the dealing with the issues that have been pushed under the carpet, start to pray for your spouse by name. And I started to pray for Jürgen. I used to say, oh, Father, God, let him grow in wisdom and stature and favour with both God and man. Show Him your great love. Father, I bless Him and honour Him today as the head of our household. Help me be the wife that He needs. God, help me forgive. Help me be gracious. And it's amazing how things shifted when I moved from just complaining about my husband to lifting up my prayers to the Lord on His behalf. Complaining is a poor substitute for prayer. Yep. Well, let's finish. I know that our time's coming to a close. The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians there that love is not self-seeking. Yeah. And I would say that one of the great, great travesties of our culture and our generation, our, our uh, immediate gratification, our instant yes. microwave drive-through, gosh, what's taking them so long? It's been 60 seconds generation yeah. is that we've become self-seeking. Self-seeking will destroy a marriage. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> yeah. um, one of the most powerful things that I've ever heard is uh, that the greatest way you can prepare as a single for marriage is serve on a team in your church. Wow. If you're single, how do I prepare for marriage? How do I prepare? Do I, do I work out? Do I get a spray tan? Do I get blonde highlights in my hair? Do I lower my octave voice? No, no, no. Serve on a team. How is that going to help? Because if you can serve on a team, you can serve your spouse. The, the key to a powerful fulfilling and rewarding marriage is two people so in love that they actually serve each other, Yes, that they serve one another's needs. God comes down from heaven. He says, hey, I haven't come to be served, 
but to serve. And then he gets down and he starts washing the disciples' feet and they're freaking out. What you? This is for, and he's like, what I'm doing, you don't understand. You have no comprehension. My job is to serve Leanne. If I spend my day instead of not, instead of having a record of all the things she didn't do, I was expecting her and hoping her Mm -hmm. to do, coming home and saying, you haven't dusted in weeks. Instead of that, if I come home and my intention and my goal is how can I serve my wife? Wow, she's probably been on her feet all day. Uh, She's cooking right now. You know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to start washing the pots and pans. I'm going to start packing and unpacking the dishwasher. I'm going to make sure that the kids are at the table when the table's ready. I'm going to see if she wants to go for a drive after dinner and get an ice cream, get a get a dessert, go and have a glass of wine at a at a at a, at a nice uh, restaurant. I'm going to look to how how can I serve her? I'm telling you, this was a game changer. And my wife, if I was honest with you, led. She, she would serve me and look after me all the time. And I didn't realize what a selfish little jack wagon I was until I had this revelation that God came not to be served, but to serve. And if you will serve your spouse, if you will make it your goal to serve your spouse, husbands, just like Christ loved the church and laid down his life, you love your wives laying your life down for her. You serve her and you'll find that everything That's so true. And it makes me think of that scripture in Galatians that says, "Uh, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. For whatever a person sows, that they shall also reap. What about for whatever a person intends? No, not doesn't work on intentions. It actually only works on actions. And so what you're saying is so powerful because that was a shift in our marriage when both Mm. you and I went from a shift of what are you going to do from me to what can I do for you? Mm. And then it was a collision of selfless love and both our needs are being met. It is amazing how Jesus is always right. The Bible is always right. If you want a harvest of service in your marriage, good works, love, kindness, generosity, then guess what? You got to sow it. You got to go first sometimes That's a great word. Yeah. That's a great word. Unfortunately, we are out of time. It has been such a thrill to be with you. We love you so much. These are just a few keys. We've got a great marriage. Can it get better? I don't know. But if it does, I am looking forward to it. Heaven on earth with a great marriage or it can be hell on earth. You choose. Follow the Bible. You'll have heaven on earth. Do you want to pray for people? I want to pray for you and I want to end by saying this. I'm not sure where this message finds you today, but I do know this. In our own marriage, but and even those people that we've pastored, we have seen some really dire situations mm. when people have put their guard down, been mm. honest with mm. God and mm. people, things have gotten better. And we've seen some miracle stories. Mm. I want to put hope and courage in you today. Things can be better than they've been. Mm. Jesus is for you. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, two are better than one. Marriage was meant to work yes. because it's God's design. And when you include Jesus in your marriage, the Bible says a threefold cord is not easily broken. Mm. You'll find that your marriage is unbreakable. It's Mm. unstoppable. God is for you. Mm. He's gonna give you grace and strength to do what needs to be done. So you can not just survive marriage, but thrive in your marriage. Yeah, Yeah, we love love you. God bless every couple, every single person Mm. that is Mm. listening to this Mm. today. Father, I thank you for your word. Mm. Yeah. I thank you, Lord, Mm. that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Those Mm. who have had no blueprint and no marriage and no good example, Mm. Father, Mm. within the context of your word, within Mm. your beautiful word, they can find life Mm. and illumination Mm. in order to live 
incredible ma- lives mm. and enjoy mm. incredible mm. marriages mm. with the one that you've given them. Yes. In Jesus' name. And Amen. I just feel there's some people here, you're like, I'm hearing this, but I think it's too far gone. I'm about to quit. I've, in fact, somebody, wow. you've already made plans to divorce. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. God can turn it around. God can turn yes. it around. Some of the things that you think is in them is actually uh, in you. And it is, it is uh, you're the catalyst to that. And wow. if you'll allow God to change your heart, you'll find everything will change out there. Don't give up. Don't quit. God is for you. The best is in front of you. We Amen. love you. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Come on. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. For more life-changing messages, visit us online at c3noosa.org. If you've been blessed by this message, please consider partnering with us financially to see the work of God continue flourishing in and through C3 Church Noosa. God bless.